HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Rio de Paras in Michoacan is a community with an abundance of mescaleros, but not an abundance of public spaces. The small town square can't accommodate everyone there when they host religious fiestas or large family gatherings. For that, they have to rent space in one of the next towns over. That costs them money and leaves them at the mercy of someone else's calendar. But before summer is out, that problem will be solved. Through a grant from 818 Tequila... Sacred is funding the building of a Plaza del Comunidad, a community plaza, in Rio de Paras. This paved and covered space will host the town's fiestas and celebrations and will be set up for basketball and soccer as well. It'll serve as a central meeting place. It will be a sort of heart for Rio de Paras. Sacred is humbled and proud to be able to help Rio de Paras with this community plaza, and it's all made possible by a grant from 818 Tequila. To learn more about this and the other projects 818 Tequila is funding, please visit us at sacred.mx. That's sacred.mx. The earth is home to all of us, and we're honored to have been selected by 818 Tequila as their partner in making it a more welcoming home. I'm Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Green Gex bartenders better understand Agave, Agave Spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, unfortunately, we're discussing one of Lou's unproven theories, uh, which I am actually not aware of where this is going, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> That's very kind of you. There's the Chava disclaimer. We should have that in every episode. Okay, so the ne- episode name is... Who put the vino in the vino de mezcal, right? Yes, that is correct. And here's my theory. After, like, traveling through Mexico now for, oh, goodness, what is it, 14 years, um, uh, seeing— Wait, 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 w
what we are talking oh, about. Oh, that's a really good point. Okay. I mean, no, and, and I'm going back even to Aziz Cortez, who owns El Holgorio. Yeah. So one of the most knowledgeable people in, in the mezcal context, he has the story that he went to Durango and they offered him vino. And he was like, well, I'm here for the mezcal guys, but sure, I'll have a, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a glass of wine because vino means wine made out of grapes in Mexico. And he was surprised to understand that they called... Mezcal, vino, in the north of Mexico and many other Oh, places. I forgot that story. I love that. Do we have that recorded? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's somewhere. Okay. I'll, I'll go yeah. look for it. If we have it, we'll drop it in instead of you explaining it. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, right. So they call it vino de mezcal. And, and you got to stop and ask yourself, why would they do that? Because it's not wine. Right? Well, it's not. No, not at all. I mean, it's it's not grapes, and it couldn't taste more different than wine. Well, so so wine doesn't have to be made from grapes. Uh, we've not, we've had this discussion. I don't know. If we've had it recorded, but you and I have had this. Well, discussion. well, like ri- rice wine, right? Uh, uh, In ch- English, you can say rice cherry wine. wine, dandelion wine. Yeah, there you go. There like, you go. It, yeah, really, yeah. wine is just sort of a name in the same way that tapache can mean any number of fermented beverages. I mean, it doesn't mean pulque, mm. but it, it, the way that it means any kind of fermented, many kinds of fermented beverages, uh, vino, same mm. thing, right? It's wine, okay. same thing. So here's my theory, Java. Oh, Lord, racing myself, go. I think the name vino de mezcal is because it used to be wine. What? Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's what I wanted, that look on your face. I wanted that wrinkling of the eyebrows. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I think it used to be wine. So when we travel around uh, rural Mexico and we have conversations in different communities, um, we hear... we hear some things that are different from one community to the next, but then we hear some things that uh, are common um, amongst communities. And one of the trends that I've noticed is we keep hearing over and over again from people that, oh, yeah, we used to call our agave mezcal. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, they, they still call it mezcal. It's like some of the most confusing conversations I've ever had. Yeah. Because you're like... They're talking about so, the plant. Yeah, and, and you're like, you're trying to look for the bottles and they're nowhere. So yes, that happens. Okay, so now, so, so, so there's that one distinction. Now here's another distinction. Mm. What does the word mezcal actually mean? Where did it come from? Well, it's cooked agave. Yeah, it's the, it's nuatl, nuatl, Did I say that right? <laughs> Nahuatl. Nahuatl for cooked agave. Correct. Okay. And, you know, I've been over to the Cermak grocery store here in Chicago, um, and I've seen where they've got the uh, 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 little packets about once a year, twice a year, they show up. The cooked packets of um, the, the little foil packets of cooked agave that are labeled mezcal. And certainly in the communities, we've seen people call the cooked agave mezcal and they just eat it, right? That is correct. Yes. It's, okay. It's, so now let's take that example of the word mezcal. Okay. Add a little water to that. It starts to ferment. What is it? A beer, a wine. A vino de mezcal? So now uh, you've got these communities that were clearly cooking, again, 
walk, take this walk with me, Java. Oh, Lord, You've got okay. these communities that were cooking agave and they were eating it and they were calling it mezcal. And I guarantee you, given where that word comes from, that took place well before any Spaniards landed in the Americas, yes? Well, of course, as the same way as tepache happened way before the Spaniards came here. Yeah, exactly. So they're cooking this, they're eating it, they're calling it mezcal. And at some point, before any Spaniards show up in the U.S. of A., or Mexico, or, the, 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 <laughs> or America, or there Cuba, we go, in the America, the Republic, before okay. any, any, anybody shows up, Maybe they're drinking this thing that they're calling vino de mezcal. Oh man, you're you're blowing. Oh, I'm my sorry. Mind. No, so, no, they wouldn't have called it vino de mezcal. They would have just called it mezcal. Or vino. And then, yeah, I'm well, sorry. This is because then the Spanish, because that's Spanish. The, the, the Spaniards come over and they're like, okay, no, you got to distinguish between the thing that you're drinking and the thing you're eating. So the thing you're eating is mezcal. The thing you're drinking is vino de mezcal. Well, or maybe they had a, that. Now you're you're making me have all these questions about maybe they had a name for that. Maybe they did. And then we don't know about. No, I'm sure they had it. I'm just, we don't know that name. Maybe it was just a The project. name of the, I don't, I, I have no idea. But this, this is, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to make you trouble a little bit with me. But this is blowing my mind because, you know, I like when I was in Korea, yeah. unfortunately, I don't speak Korean. Um, and uh, at the time I was, yeah, like I, I like to understand spirits wherever I go and food and, and clothes or whatever they have there. So I went to this bar that looked rather specialized in Korean spirits. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a very convoluted conversation with the people there because, you know, they knew maybe like 15% English. And even though I'm very good at hand movement and smiling, there's a lot of technical stuff you cannot communicate that way. Uh, I also remember having like a sketchbook and was trying to draw Alembics and... This took quite a long time, but I remember just to order a drink. Were, <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but uh, I remember, and this I've never. If anybody that listening to us has a little bit of more information about this, I'm sure if I get into Google and I do some homework, maybe I can get back to it. But you just made me remember this. It, one of the of the women there was explaining me that there's a Korean spirit in which they ferment the rice. Mm-hmm. And then they don't distill it. They just, and I don't know how this could work. But it's they, called sake. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. They they allow for the alcohol to go to the top. Somehow the uh, the, al- the, the, the more alcohol-enriched part of the mix mm-hmm. gets to be on the mm-hmm. top. And they, they just scoop the spirit. Huh. Without having to distill it. Uh, are you sure? Sure that it wasn't they were freezing it and they were removing the ice from the top. I I know I know what okay. you're trying to say okay. with that, but no 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 no. I well Korea it's also a very cold place in 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 many areas, so there's a chance that that might have been involved, and I just misunderstood this. But what I'm trying to suggest is there is a possibility of having a spirit without an alembic. Oh, okay. So you're uh, or or or, or a yeah. high or something that it's more on the ABB range of a spirit yeah. and less in the ABB range of a wine without having to use an alembic. Okay. So I I, I completely agree, but relate it back to what we're talking about. That maybe I mean now I'm I'm, go, I'm going crazy with you and doing all your uncertified yeah, theories. Yeah, I like that. Maybe you even had the wine of mezcal. 
like El Vino, which will have been your, and, and they, I've seen this in so many, when I worked at the distillery, sometimes if you arrive, they're really hangover. They will give you a big glass of uh, fermented agave juice at like four or five ABB, and that will bring you back to life. But maybe they were also interested or understood that there were parts that they could extract for those fermentation vessels that had different ABBs. Maybe that is our true, like, you know, we made an episode called The Secret Origin of Mezcal. Yeah, right. That was a whole different right. thing. Uh, maybe this could be closer to that. Maybe. And, and you know, like, like I'm, I'm going to make this wish because it keeps on happening to us. Every time I make a wish about someone making a piece of research, uh, a few months later, somebody actually sends us that piece of research. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe maybe that was also a little bit of the dynamic. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. I'm, I'm saying you have a very uh, confused face. No, no, no. Right I, I like I, I I think there's some logic to what you're saying. I just don't think it touches on uh, the, the actual origins of that phrase vino de mezcal. That's all. Like to me, that's the like I think the Spanish came over and they said, okay, well that's going to be mezcal and that's going to be vino de mezcal. And they said, hey, let's distill the vino de mezcal. And then they just thought, well. Uh, uh, we'll still call it vino de mezcal. It's too confusing. Yeah, but it's also, you know, like, it, for, for me, it's also like such a mental shift to think, to use the word mezcal to the plant instead of the drink. Because in a way, it makes you be more raw material oriented. I don't know if this makes any sense, but... Uh, no, but keep keep talking. Well, like it, it reminds me of a few of the interviews we've done with producers where when they when they have complaints about what I think some people will call mediocre mezcales or industrial mezcales mm-hmm. or, you know, like not when you wouldn't talk in a flattering way about a spirit made out of agave, mm-hmm. they tend to. I think like it's been very rare that they will tell me it like their distillation process is wrong. Or their fermentation process is wrong. Usually the culprit is they are not choosing the right agaves and they're not cooking them right. Mm-hmm. So they're cooked agave. The basis of it all, it's it's what it's uh this what what it's hurting the final product. That that's what that's what I tend to to or at least that's how I perceive it. So in order if you're calling mezcal the plant. And then you have this whole other different thing. Well, like the cook together. Yeah. And then you have this other conceptual thing that is your vino, that is the final product at the end of all the other processes. I think in a way, even language, it's sort of helping them maintain their quality. Is this a crazy thing? Uh, I don't understand entirely what you're saying, which doesn't make it necessarily <laughs> crazy. Um <laughs> Because you, you know, you, you oftentimes are talking well above my pay grade. Well, I, I, all I'm saying is like, you know, I even think the way mescaleros mm-hmm. talk have uh, have consequences in the way they think about their product and the decisions they make and, and the things they find really important about their process. Yeah, no, that makes sense so that to me. Fa- I like that. You know, so, so so the fact that they're making such a great distinction between these two things, this is not part of the process. This is the heart of it mm-hmm. all. And the other thing, it's sort of a, it's like a different entity that we that we manifest through processing the mezcal. But getting to the perfect mezcal, that, that is what is most important to them. Once you have the cooked agave, 
like like I'm not saying the other processes are not important, but even in the in the way they talk about this, they're they're privileging that. Hmm. Hmm. You don't like this. I I, 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 I don't because you know me. I'm all about those 400 decisions. Um, so I know, I know, and I'm always I'm always trying to say that there's a part that is the critical one. But but you know, in this path of logic, it somehow makes sense. Yeah, I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. So okay. So what 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 is so okay? Let's say I agree fundamentally with you <laughs> that I that I say okay, awesome. They were drinking this fermented agave before the Spaniards came, and that's why the pino came by. Which are the consequences of this? Like, are you saying that maybe the, there's a huge opportunity to make a category within? Um, the agave products that could be uh, the original Bino de Mezcal? No, no, no. I'm literally, all I'm trying to do is come up with a theory for this thing that we hear all the time. Vino de Mezcal, Vino de Mezcal. You know, and when I give my presentations and I tell people, well, tequila used to be called Vino de Mezcal de Tequila. And I always say, ignore that Vino part. It's just confusing. Right. I don't want to ignore it anymore. I want to understand where that came from so I can dismiss it quickly with a couple of sentences. And I think so I'm trying to do that, but I'm also trying to blow you away with the the idea that I sometimes think about things. Okay, your chip. Well, there you go. Great. Okay. Uh, there you go. So that that the I don't know if that's the conclusion, but a, what I think we really need to find, it, what, what was the original name for this before the Spaniards named it? I, I, I love that, but you're the guy who does all the research, right? So you're, you're going you're gonna to do that? Is that right? Uh, like, I have a rather convoluted month, but I, uh, I'll try to ask people that I respect and that I think the smart kids in, the, in, the, uh, in, in that kind and of I thing. And I think throwing this out, in fact, to, um, uh, to some of the, uh, the vinateros... <laughs> right to some of the vinateros yeah, yeah. who who use that phrase and asking them on our next trip if they think that's possible and asking them to ask their great grandparents who are still around um i think it'd be interesting to see what they say i'd love it and again like this words are becoming so important right now in this industry you know sotol mezcal recia like the names we use to describe these products are almost having a political weight mm -hmm. right now and a moral imp moral implication. So I think the more we understand the histories, the stories, the what it means to these people, what these words mean to to the producers, uh, we might be better at using the names that make the most sense in different places. I think. I think that's lovely. Golden. Well, Lou. Always a pleasure. <laughs> I'll catch you next episode, Chava. <laughs> Adiosito, Bato. Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc.
Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.